lots of people had stories about travel over the Christmas uh, period. What a mess. Still, I had flights that were canceled over the Christmas period. It was a mess, and it was infuriating, and you could get no information. You could get no rebooking. It was just like, nah, you're not going. We'll figure it out in a couple of weeks. Have the airlines figured it out? And it's not just the airlines. Let's keep that in mind. There have also been staffing issues with other support systems, everywhere from baggage handling to security, to, you know, the government, the cost, all that kind of stuff. There's been a ton of areas that have been challenged, to put it mildly. But I'm not hearing as many disaster stories. Are you? Are people getting where they're supposed to be? Is it now just the standard, oh, the airline screwed me kind of stories, the ones we've always heard over the years? So let's uh, let's check in with John Gradick. He's a program coordinator, lecturer, uh, supply chain logistics and operations management out of McGill University. And there's no doubt that the logistics, the management, maybe some supply chain, all of that has sort of entered into this conversation about the troubles we've been having with flying. So John's joining us this morning. Hey, John, how are you? Nice to have you back. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. So is it all rosy? Is it all rosy and happiness and smiles and unicorns and everything else now? <laughs> it's uh, everybody holding their breath, waiting for the shoot of ball. It's going to, uh, it's quiet. It's not, it's not too bad. I think that there's been some adjustments by airlines to kind of reorganize their schedules and try to minimize the uh, potential for disruption mm-hmm. over, the, over the last few weeks. So uh, it's, it's quiet on the home front, but uh, I'm not holding my breath. Well, and the, uh, I, th- I think that we're just, the calm is before the storm. Well, and that's sort of what it was last fall, because I remember last fall and heading into Christmas and people were talking about, oh, geez, should I travel? So, well, and we were saying at the time, and I remember these conversations, not necessarily you and I, but uh, me and other people, that everything seemed, okay, it seems calm, everything seems to be working well, it's fine. I guess that when the, there's any kind of adversity that hits, that's where, you know, that delicate balancing act gets thrown yeah. out of whack. And it really is a balancing act. I, I, I characterize it like an orchestra. You know, I think that everybody has to be playing the same tune at the same beat at the same time. And I think that, you know, we've had situations over the last, seven or eight months where it's been, you know, chaos. And the one thing that really is sticking out to me as an issue that we really haven't done a good job of is basically communication with our, with, with teenage, between the aviation industry and Canadian travelers. I think that, you know, we've seen situations where people were sitting on airplanes for 12 hours. We've seen people wait days before they figure out what the next flight's going to be from a canceled flight, go on a phone line, go to a call center, call them up, you know, what do you get? Nothing. And I think that, you know, it really is, you know, the, the industry seems to have put customer service uh, on the back burner. Uh, everybody's really anxious to get people to fly. Lots of money. Fares are high. Uh, lots of traffic out there. Lots of capacity. Uh, and when things go bump in the night and when there is a, uh, you know, a, a, a burp in the system, whether it's weather, whether it's operational, um, you know, the system kind of falls apart. Well, you know, from my own experience, when our flights got cancelled, well, WestJet had cancelled them, but there are other airlines that were also had some trouble. Boy, WestJet really got a, a PR nightmare out of that whole thing. But when it happened, then that's what was infuriating. It was the entire, complete, and utter lack of communication. And in, in fact, even an inability to cancel a return flight from a place that I wasn't able to go. So I couldn't even do that through this different system. So it was, 
absolutely infuriating. Is that message getting through, uh, or is it no. is, is it a, is it a lack of staff? Is it a lack of will? What do you think? I you know I, I'm looking at it and I'm trying to figure out like what what's gone downhill in the last three or four years to cause this lack of customer focus on the part of the airlines. Uh, you know, and the root cause is it's probably still you know, going to boil down to staff. I think that, you know, the, the question has been, is there a corporate will? Are the, are the senior leaders in the air, in the aviation industry and the airline, I'll point the airlines out, you know, are they really taking customer service seriously? And, you know, I think that, you know, we've seen too many examples over Christmas holidays as an example, whether it's WestJet, Sunwing, Flair, yeah, Air Canada, uh, you know, where they basically said our job is basically to get the airplanes flying, to get, you know, bums in seats, and uh, we'll try to put as many as we can in the air, but, you know, don't call us. We'll call you when it comes to a, a, re- a rebooking or a, a change in your flight plan. So it's not really something that the airlines really have as a priority. Uh, and, you know, it's either numbers of staff or the quality of the, of the individuals that are doing those communications. Uh, it's just not there. Well, and as I said, uh, you know, your, your logistics and operations, uh, this has been a logistical nightmare in some cases because the airlines are not alone in some of the challenges, especially staffing challenges. There there are other layers to the transportation industry. How much responsibility do those other layers bear? Oh, I, I, I think there, there, there is a shared responsibility, but I'm not going to throw the yoke off the, off the backs of the airlines. The airlines are driving demand. The airlines are putting passengers into airports. The, air, the airlines are bringing bags into the system because they sold you on a flight. And it seems to be that, you know, they're putting 10 pounds of potatoes into a two-pound bag, and it doesn't work. And I think that's what's happening. The, the airlines have been very, very greedy uh, in terms of getting traffic back. They really want to fill those airplanes as much as they possibly can, get those airplanes flying, and, and yeah, there's going to be a lot of passengers hanging around uh, you know, around airports, and the airports just aren't ready to handle that volume of passengers that the airlines are putting out there. So it's it really is root cause to me, uh, at least. It's really a question of there's 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 too much demand for infrastructure, and there's not enough infrastructure, including people, to support the, the demands that are being created by the airlines. Uh, so how do we get the people back? Where do the people go? Where are they coming back? Can you get them back? Um, what are they? What are they, What's the red tape to get them back? <laughs> That's the that's the big issue. You know, I think that, you know, right now we've got, you know, a million jobs still outstanding in the service industry in Canada. Um, people have left uh, transportation and, you know, the whole service industry, hospitality industry um, has got a, uh, a reputation for, for low wages, hard work, and really people are looking for alternatives. And people have found alternatives as a result of things like work from home and hybrid working and all kinds of different modes of, of, of work. And I think, you know, the industry has got to reposition itself, re, re, rebrand itself, you know, as an industry that has the, you know, the, a career. And I think that, you know, probably the starting point of all that is probably going to be wages, that we've got to really make these jobs whole jobs that have a, 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 an income level that people find of interest and working conditions are of interest. So the industry has got to do a makeover in terms of what it's what it's offering to the to their potential employers, employees. And I think you know that's a big, big challenge for them. Well, and the way it works with airlines too is you can have crews in different mm-hmm. cities, and so it is how much they're getting paid for certain things, or they're getting paid to come back. So there, there was a it was a, it was a 
fairly one-sided sort of pay scale that it's always been. And I guess there were a bunch of people who just finally realized, you know what, uh, the, the, the glamour of, of working a flight, for example, is not worth the abuse that comes with it. And I think, you know, that's, that's, that was a long time coming. That realization uh, was been, has been a long time coming. I think that, you know, you've got a number of new carriers showing up in the Canadian, Canadian aviation, uh, the ultra-low-cost carriers, uh, and, you know, the working conditions associated with those jobs and the pay associated with being a ultra-low-cost carrier, yeah, they're, they're looking for hundreds of flight attendants and pilots. Uh, but, you know, you're, you're being paid less than a, you know, a cocktail waitress or a truck driver. And, you're saying that you know, I'm home every night being a waitress or being a driver, and I'm not home three or four days a week being a flight attendant or being a pilot. And I think that's where, you know, people are saying they're, they're trading off lifestyle and they're trading off being at home and being able to, you know, to, to have a family and have a life. To basically saying that the airline industry is just not the right cut for them. I know you didn't want to let the uh, yoke of responsibility fall off the airlines, but I want you to address this because I'm, I, 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 I sort of understand. Maybe I'm just overly sympathetic. Whoever thought I'd say that, but Lisa says people like to complain about the airlines, but it's a miracle they can afford to stay viable. Their margins are small. The planes are expensive. The crews are trained. Operating costs are high. Fuel costs are high. And yet people want a ticket to cost the price of a Greyhound bus ticket. It's ridiculous. Are we unrealistic in our expectations, John? Well, you know, we, we, are, we, we are the product of our own desires in terms of travel. I think people in Canada want competition. They want, you know, they, I, everywhere I go, I talk to people and say, bring on the American carriers. We want competition in Canada. We want Canadian carrier supply between Edmonton and U.S. carrier supply between Edmonton and Toronto or Edmonton and Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Uh, not going to happen. And, you know, carriers basically are very fickle when it comes to making money. Uh, and, you know, guys like Flair and Lynx these days, I look at them, I look at the fares and how much they're getting after they pay all the taxes and everything else. Uh, they're, you know, they're, they're getting people on an airplane and they're not even covering the cost of fuel. Forget the cost of the airplane. Forget the cost of staff. They're not even covering the cost of fuel, but that's what the price that, that they're charging in the marketplace, and that's the price that Canadians will only pay to, to fly. So hmm. Canadians really have been conditioned to, 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 to some low fares, and unfortunately, uh, that will probably lead to the demise of one or two of those ULCCs, those carriers, in the next little while. And I got to tell you, and I know that, that it's, it's a privileged position that I would rather pay some more. You know, shouldn't everybody be able to fly at some point? Sure, absolutely. And so it's got to be affordable for, for, for as many people as possible. But if I don't know that I'm going to get to where I'm going to be, I don't care what the price is. If, you, if, I, if I don't get the thing I'm buying at the end of the day, or it is changed into a milk run that drives me nuts and leaves me in an airport overnight, that's not what I'm paying. So... Yeah, I, I personally, I wouldn't mind paying more if there was a guarantee that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. Yeah, and I think that's that, that's we're coming to that realization now. I think we've got to a point now in Canadian travel where you know we, we consider air travel to be a commodity. It's like getting on a bus, and I think that that's where you know we've we've gone. We've long lost the glamour of aviation. We've yeah. long lost the you know the, the fact that you know it's a privileged way of of traveling from Edmonton to Toronto, but it's. It's the only way to get from Edmonton to Toronto, you know, and, and you know, you're not going to take, you're not going to drive. It's going to take you three or four days to drive there. So, you know, air transportation in Canada is, is a necessity. And I think that, you know, we've got to the point where there has to be a price to be paid to provide that necessity. 
And I think we've, we're way below that price today in the marketplace. John, thanks so much for your time. Good chatting with you about this. Appreciate it. All right. Have a great day. Take okay. care. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.